0: The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. That's when I was like, this mm-hmm. team has lost 13 in a row and I don't trust them. That that was the moment for me when I was like, bad things could happen very quickly. Well, and then the fourth quarter was a complete collapse. Yeah. Like if you look at the fourth quarter, it was it was as if the first three quarters were played on one day. And the fourth quarter was played on a separate afternoon because in the fourth quarter they had two turnovers. One was a, a return for a touchdown. They had four penalties. All of the fantastic accuracy from your quarterback dissipated. You had guys making mistakes, and it
1: like I, I mean it was, was it the, well, that two game of the Cubs season in a microcosm. Did that bear the Bears game Could represent be. the Cubs season? With the fourth quarter
0: being the last few weeks of the season? Uh, that way, yeah. But, like, the Cubs' season started off slow, and then they had a great run, and then they ended slow. Or, or the did Bears they start were... off? The Cubs' season started off pretty real well,
2: yeah. And the then they had they an ebb, just... though.
0: Then they then they struggled for a stretch. That's right.
2: In the sense that they completely just faded. Like, it wasn't even like it was. they were just completely out of it, basically. Like, there was no fight in either of them.
0: I the don't think, though, there was, like... I was not confident that the defense was going to... They held them to seven points in the first half. Now, I will, you know, consent to that. That my confidence level in their defense was never anything above a five. But their offense was rolling to the point, and the Denver defense is so bad, I just figured at some point that they would end the day with more points on the scoreboard than the Broncos until the the, the fumble. What about you, Charlie? When was it?
2: I think I was the earliest here because when it was 28-14, to I was like... I don't like that. Like, they need a score here. And I think a lot of it is because they have watched this Bears team for four weeks. I've also watched a lot of Russell Wilson games and him being in those similar types of situations. And he did basically what he did the first time he came here with the comeback.
1: 312 3776 is our phone number. Jimmy on the north side. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimmy?
3: Mm-hmm. How's it going, fellas?
1: We're hanging in,
3: just like you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I got to give my wife credit—the evacuation plan that had been prepared ahead of time executed perfectly out of the house.
1: Wait, wait you or so, her? You evacuated or she evacuated? So with she the evacuated
3: kids. the children out to the outdoors to make sure that it was not a drill, and they executed perfectly. <laughs> what
1: do you do? Um, do you start throwing stuff? What do you do?
3: I, uh, to be honest, I've never thrown anything until yesterday. I swear to God, and I mean, yesterday was one of the hardest losses, I think, to take. I mean, it it, it didn't mean much, but it's like, you know, the the field goal versus going for it, like, it's the wrong decision because they lost. Like, that's winning and losing from here on out. Am I wrong? I mean, like, to hypothetically figure that it's right or wrong is irrelevant. It's wrong. It was wrong. I mean, they lost. Because they
1: lost. So you're just, you are judging, Ed. Based in hindsight. At, at
3: this point, it, well, it, it, performance is performance. Is 3-18 and 18 hindsight? No. I mean, and then I turn on the radio this morning, or I, I hear, you know, uh, Greeny saying they should trade Joe, uh, Fields to the Falcons. I'm like, hold the phone here. There are so many people who are not the quote-unquote guy right now in this organization that they need to tell Ryan Poles, that you have no ability right now. To make any big decisions like that, because Fields looked good, guys, yesterday. I think he's way got a way higher ceiling than any human being on the team, and I think Harbaugh is the guy. Uh, presuming Miskamsky's can uh, uh, put up a million and a half to take him out of Michigan, but we need to bring in a winning organization, and we need to make sure that that type of attitude is expected. That we're penalties. You know, I mean, across the board yesterday was just uh, – by the way, 28-7, I said, okay, no no epic collapses
1: here, guys. That's what I said. I walked out of the the box after halftime, and I said uh, to the guys, I go, they better not blow this or else it's going to be hell tomorrow.
0: Look, I think what you've learned with this team over the last year plus is anything is effing possible with them. Anything. Any outcome, usually bad. Is possible when you think it can't get any worse, it usually does. When you think something bad can't happen, it usually does. Yeah. Peter in uh, Texas, you're on ESPN
4: 1000. What's up, Peter? How y'all doing? We're good. Good. Uh, miss, uh, first of all, miss uh, Bear Claw Mondays.
0: <laughs> Don't we all? It's been a year.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> when were the Bear claws? Were the Bear claws for the Nagy era?
1: Yes, and then like uh, Abdallah's even tweeted that the. The bakery from the bear that we used to pick up the bear cause is out of business. Yeah. That the bears haven't won in so long. They put them out of they, business. They, they put them out of business. Yeah.
4: seems like this team started going downhill since Roquan. Well, as far as the defense got really bad with the Roquan trade. Don't you all agree with that? Well, they,
0: I mean, they they were making decisions on purpose, Peter. Like they traded Roquan and they traded Robert Quinn. Knowing that they were going to rebuild this thing and that this coaching staff wanted a different style of linebacker, um, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that if you don't make those trades, you would have won significantly more games. So, were they better off
1: just saying, "I know Roquan doesn't fit"? Like again, like it's hard. Now it made sense in the time, but now when you know what Eberflus is, to just say. Roquan is a really good player. Just
0: pay him and draft a player. Well, again, it's really easy to say that now because right, you right, haven't right. gotten anything from it. In hindsight, him. In hindsight but, but, right? But I, I, no, I won't go back on my, my on. Listen, I, I don't still don't think like you pay an off-ball linebacker that kind of money. But they paid. They still. They didn't pay. give what's his name hundred million dollars. No, way, but you know but they still paid. They paid him, him a lot. There's no question. I think that you save those types of contracts for guys that make a greater impact, like a defensive end, maybe a three technique, an offensive right or left tackle, you know, somebody like that. I I, Look, there are so many issues and so many problems with them and how they've gone about doing things. I can't look back and say, well, if they just would have kept Roquan, things would have been significantly better. I don't I don't think that's the case. My point is, like my point in the time
1: too. Remember, I always said this: is you need more Roquans, not less. And I did yeah. understand the thinking that you could get two players for the price of his one, and you got a draft pick for him. But I always was a believer that, look, you in a in an era with his age and with his ability, you need more players like him, not less. And then they kept just subtracting. And I understood the Khalil Mack. I understood uh, Robert Quinn. But a player like that, and, and again, I know it's hindsight.
0: Well, look, too, I, I mean, if, if, if Roquan was playing behind this defensive line, how much better would they be versus Tremaine Edmonds? Maybe, know. You, you know, marginally better. It's not a, You're not a pass rusher. You know, you're not a three-technique tackle. So, yes, he's a very good football player. I think his impact is felt more in a team like Baltimore, where they know what the hell they're doing and they have better people up front than we do. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds is a good football player. What has his impact been? Very little. Very little. Uh, In that whole defense. Jeff and
1: Morris, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jeff?
0: Hey, guys. How's it going?
1: We're we're hanging in. Hey, listen, we're on the right side of the dirt. You want to swing into uh, my my, uh, sports sadness swing? Oh. Yeah, the tire swing. Did you want to, yeah, yeah. Did
0: you ask him if he
2: Yeah, well, um, you know, I just like I said, guys. You know, it's like the old saying, "Like you get what you pay for." Okay, and this this just goes. This has been going on far far too long. I mean, and, it, and it all stems back to the McCaskies. Like that, you can say what you want, but they are cheap people. They, you know, and, and like I said, so instead of hiring someone who knows how to build a team, uh, uh, someone's got some sort of, um, you know. Street cred, you know, as far as the general manager goes, they hire these first-timers all the time, all the time. And then they don't know how to hire a head coach, and then they don't know how to coach players. And and we're at what we're at. They don't know how to draft. Other than that, how do you feel about (laughs) them? Well, I mean, it it is what
0: it is, right? You're right. I mean, like, listen, the list of things that they haven't done well for years is,
2: it's lengthy. You know, I mean, like, you just guys were talking about Roquan, and, and Sylvia's right, listen. You get what you pay for. You should have kept Roquan. He would have made the difference. You know what? And maybe not so much this year, but maybe next year, we're hiring these clowns, and you get someone that like I, I told you guys last year. They should have hired Jim Harbaugh, but they got what they paid for, and they got close. look where we're at. You look what Jim Harbaugh is doing in Michigan right Look what he's done with his career. It ain't rocket science. Guys. It's football, man. Like I said, you got getsy He doesn't know what he's doing. And like I said, I will. I will. I will say this till my last breath. Justin Fields. Is a franchise changing quarterback. Look what he did yesterday. And that was just, you know, when he just had some confidence and maybe something that is schemed around him. I mean, that, that was greatness yesterday, guys. It really was. Yeah. When was the last time you seen a quarterback do that? We've never seen him do that that
1: way. He was he was markedly better yesterday. Listen he... to they, Didn't they kind of,
2: you know, have the game you know, revolve around his strengths, at least till halftime?
0: But to take the, the, you, you have to take the game in totality. You can't eliminate the final 15 minutes of the game. Like, I agree with you. Like, that's the I said it earlier, that's the best I've ever seen him look. And then in the final 15 minutes, you had two turnovers. And there were some mistakes being made. Like, you can't, you can't eliminate the final 15 minutes of this game and just say, well, it was great for the first 45. No, the game's 60 minutes. So both can be true. The first 35, 45 were fantastic. The last 15, you can't accept. You can talk about progress. True progress isn't made totally in the first three quarters of a football game. True progress is made in crunch time, regardless of what your sport is. Like, when you need to close a team out, that's when you start to show real progress. Like Zach Levine? There's another example of no, Yes. Right. I mean, like, progress is uh, – uh, it's a good example. Like, Zach can be good up to here, but what's the biggest complaint about Zach? That he doesn't win. That he doesn't finish doesn't, games. Okay, right. and, and it's fair criticism, isn't it? Yeah, yes. So why wouldn't it be fair criticism that yesterday you saw somebody play exceptionally well, but in the final 15 minutes in crunch time, they didn't get the job done, and, like – did you show true pro? Real progress is made in crunch, tr- crunch time. So, like when I, they I, start finishing games, then that's when you get really excited. What I want to see now is I, I, like what I
1: truly believe is: I believe that Claypool is an uh, addition by subtraction. I truly believe that he was a headache for this coaching staff and that those players even though they've gone to bat for him publicly. I believe that no one truly really says what they believe in public. I believe that getting him out of there allowed them to focus more on DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and the true weapons on this team. They didn't have to force him 80-some percent of the snaps. Yes.
0: And Justin, I think, played freer because of it. I think you're a better offense when Darnell Mooney's your second option, yeah. not your third or like fourth you option. Had,
1: you have enough targets. You Absolutely. Had, like, they weren't targeting those guys enough. So you could target DJ, you could target Darnell, you can run the football, you got the mouthiness out of there, you got EQ St. Brown doing his role of just being a blocker. You didn't have to worry about whether or not Claypool wanted the block or not. You didn't have to worry about him getting the football. He was out of there. He didn't. He wasn't chirping or doing any of his stuff. I think the offense was better because of it. Um, and I want to see now them. I want to see Justin in particular carry this over to Thursday. Absolutely, build and, on it. Yeah. Now that's that's my biggest thing. No, he didn't play as well in the fourth quarter. But I also want to see can he carry over. The first three quarters into Thursday. And if he does,
0: maybe we have something. Absolutely. Maybe maybe a player is growing then. I don't think that you completely ignore what he did the first three quarters. You can't. You can't look at it and just say it's an anomaly. But you also can't ignore the last 15 minutes and you can't ignore the first 28 starts. You've got to zoom out and look at it in its totality. It's the reason why when people say, I'd give him one or two more starts and then I'm pulling the plug. No. It's the reason why you give him all seventeen starts this year, because maybe he can build on what he showed you in the first three quarters of that game against Denver. You have to take it all into totality. You also have to consider the defense you're facing, right? You have to consider everything. Yeah, I was almost apologetic at halftime. I was like,
1: "This is great. I know it's the Broncos, but it's great." But I like for the you're also the Bears. So right. I was like half apologizing because I needed something from our Bears. Yes. I, like, I, I didn't care who it was really against, but I didn't know that there was a part of the people listening, rolling their eyes, saying, Sylvie, slow your roll because it's against the Broncos. Yeah,
0: but I don't, I mean, like, look, I, I, don't, I don't look at it either way. I don't diminish it. I keep it in context. I don't diminish it because it's the Broncos. It's still tremendously accurate passing attack so i'm not diminishing but i don't put it up here either you know no, i, I no, mean right. i keep it in context yeah do and it like again. you said do it again next and this time close them out yes, yes. like the final interception you know, there's a lot of talk about it he threw a ball thinking that that basically they were running a zone concept
5: you want to hear a man
1: it? defense do you want to hear that
5: yes so man, um, you know, the safety had uh, depth, so you know, uh, I expected Cole to kinda go to a spot and sit down because of the safety's depth, but you know, Cole stuck to the rules and, you know, selling over and breaking out. Um so all in all it's my fault. Um, you know, man coverage he's supposed to um, do what he did, but you know, I kinda wanted him to just play football and kind of just sit down in space. So that's kind of why I threw it to a spot, how I did. But, um, yeah, it was really just a miscommunication on that one. You
4: thought freelance a little bit? Just kind of
5: freelance, boom, go up there, turn around, sit down, and, of course, move on to the next play. Of course, in that situation, you're in four-down territory right there. So, um, I mean, yeah, just a miscommunication on, you know, me and him. And, you know, it comes down to being my fault at the end of the day. So I got to be better for the team in that situation.
0: I give him a lot of credit for taking responsibility, but it is the quarterback's role to know. Like, you don't, if you're in man coverage or you're facing man coverage, you're not going to sit in a space. There's no space. The sitting in space is against the zone defense. You even
1: showed it to us. There was no space there. There's no space. Cole Comet
0: was covered. Correct. And what Cole's supposed to do in that particular situation, if he sees man coverage, is to kind of lean on him and bend out. And if you don't want to take it from me, Matt Ryan talked about it after the play. And then the commentary was when you read, man, you got to throw that to the back shoulder. He was basically throwing the ball to a spot, which is what you would do against zone, because there would be a place for Cole to kind of hang out in. But as soon as you read, man, you realize that the rule for that route is is he's going to lean on him and you got to throw it to his outside. Like those are things that they need to improve on. That can't happen in crunch time. If you want to secure a victory, you can't play well for just three, three, eight quarters. And then in crunch time, have that happen.
1: Yeah, I saw a weeder tweeted this out. That was his third interception this year in the fourth quarter and his ninth in the fourth quarter
6: in the last two years. And don't
0: forget also that the the fumble that was returned for a touchdown was a fourth quarter situation as well. Taylor and I'm
6: annoyed. What? Hey, what's going on, guys? Who
1: are you annoyed at? (laughs)
6: <laughs> who, are you no, 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 who are you annoyed at? The, at? at the Bears and, oh. and the fans, uh-huh. and thinking that this is like, all right, go Real, like, this, this my honestly. guy
1: Taylor in Hyde Park, by the way. I heard him uh, yelling at someone before we got to
6: him <laughs> yeah, You know, you know how it is, man. It's just you know we're busy out here, of course. Um, but look, I want to be quick with this. Uh, great call by the coach, like, going for it on fourth to one. So many times we sit back and play Monday morning quarterback, and. We shouldn't have gone forward, or we want you to be more aggressive. They were aggressive going against the worst defense in the NFL. The offense looked great. So I would take our offense that day against our defense any day for one yard. My biggest concern is that people saying Justin Fields is this franchise quarterback. He's not a winning quarterback. Winning quarterback make plays when you need them. He had three opportunities to kind of prove himself. The fourth and one, he didn't get it. The fumble, which they can say is not his fault, they blasted the, uh, the line. Fine, but he holds the ball. And then the interception at the end of the game. Like, you can throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. but At the end of the day, you have to make winning plays to win the game. And his record right now is nowhere near close to a winning quarterback, even though I know yeah. the team has a lot to do with that. So I think this is actually hilarious. We are the worst team in football. That's and I'm fun. actually rooting for it again because you get the number one pick and the number two pick. Let's go for Caleb and let's go for a defense alignment. I mean, we, we, you couldn't ask for anything more than this, uh, than what's happening See, right now. See, Taylor,
0: this was the point I was trying to make as well, and I think it's a very valid one. And maybe you and I are in the minority when we feel this way. Progress, true progress is made in crunch time. Doesn't mean that the progress that you saw the first three quarters is meaningless. It's meaningful. But true progress is is when you learn how to actually close things out and deliver in crunch time when all the marbles are on the table. And he's right. Like, is it a bad call? And they even talked Tiki Barber. I thought there was some really good analysis that happened in this game. Defenses are no longer biting on stuff that the Bears do or, or, or that a lot of teams do. So Tiki Barber's point is, is you got to stop with your quarterback with him turning his back to the defense because now how teams are playing it, especially specifically the Bears, remember the first game of the season against the Green Bay Packers where he turns his back and rolls. It was like one of the first plays of the second half, and he got planted because the, the, the guys the end-of-line guys are no longer crashing down. If they see the quarterback turn their back, they go right at him. If they see the quarterback kind of moving in the pocket, they go to his outside shoulder. So he can't get outside of him. So teams are playing differently. So Tiki's point is that don't allow your quarterback to ever turn his back to the defense anymore because defenses have adjusted to how they're making, how they're running their plays. And it was a great point. At the end of the day, though, however difficult you think it may be for him to hold on to the football in that situation, he has to hang on to the football. Period. End of story. And that's just the reality of it all. I think he, you know, like he said, talking about it at the end of the day, we're, t- we're taught not to, to take a sack there. And the play is designed so that the guy on the end of the line goes unblocked. And then, then that guy is the responsibility of the quarterback. But when the quarterback's backs to that guy, it makes it hard on Justin to know where the hell that guy is. But when you do turn and that guy's in your face, you got to hang on to the football. You mm-hmm. just do.
1: That's reality. Yeah. Reno and Will Matt, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Reno?
4: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Love your show. Thank
7: you.
4: I'm a big fan of yours, too, Tom. I watched you play you, all you know. things that at, at, for the Bears. Um, I can tell you that I have been a Bears fan my whole life, and that's a long time. We've been, had Bears tickets for more than 60 years in my family. I've been to every home opener for 60 years. Wow! And, and I am sickened by where this franchise is right now. We haven't won a championship in 38 years. We should have accidentally won one in 38 years. There's only 32 teams in the league. We need a turn. But this thing is a mess, and I've got all kinds of points I'd love to make, and I I don't want to make it too long. My bullet points, though, are, first of all, Everflus is in La La Land. The fact that he would say in his press conference after that game that he's super excited about the progress it's unbelievable that he's making drove yeah. me nuts. His progress, as you said, Tom, obviously doesn't include winning games. And that to me is not the right progress. Secondly, I don't think Justin's the problem. I think Justin is a super athlete. And when Justin ends up with somebody who knows how to coach a quarterback and knows how to offensive scheme, he will be a star in the league. Uh, also, the, you guys were talking quite a bit about the choice to, go, to first, go for first down, and I am all in favor of being aggressive. And I think way too often over the years, the Bears have played not to lose instead of to win. But in this case, I have to choose to kick the field goal. And the reason why is we just blew a 21-point lead, okay? You have a chance to get the lead back. Take the lead back. Stop the bleeding. And then see where it goes from there. And the other point you guys made about Tyler Scott uh, not going out of bounds, that cost us as well. And that's bad coaching. A guy that doesn't yes. know he shouldn't go out of bounds in that situation. So those are my points and love to hear what you have it's to say. It's a great good call, Reno, really good. Kattali's he got through, a lot there. Yeah.
0: he got through a lot there. I like
1: he had a he like. he should teach uh Iberflus how to give a press conference.
0: He got the points, he made him definitively so, somebody needs up there. They need to have a little powwow, little meeting up there, and just—I mean, look what his presentation is not—is not reaching the fans. I'll I'll volunteer to do a You're little sure? media and, training, and if you and if you were if you were to go advise him,
1: just to be Yeah, I would t- I would tell him. Yes, I, w- I would tell him. Look, it, you don't have to be a meatball, but but it there's nothing wrong with being a little honest about telling people that you're upset that you lost a football game
0: yes then that people need to be held yes. accountable yes countable coaches players sell, everybody you
1: don't have to sell anybody no. out and 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 He's, just you don't have to give up a game plan to be a little honest right you know a little honesty and because when you are lying constantly and you think you're hiding these national secrets. You're twisting your brain up into a little pretzel. And then you become. You you all of a sudden seem dumb because you don't know what you're trying to hide anymore. And he became all twisted.
0: What what people are consuming these the, these press conferences and they're saying to themselves, us included, is how in the world can he be thinking at least what he's saying? Like. If I was advising him, I'd be like, Coach, show some emotion. Tell people that this isn't going to, you know, this doesn't, this isn't acceptable from the coaches, from the players. That, you know, again, at the end of the day, is he saying this to his players behind closed doors? I don't know. Will it make him a better coach? Probably not. But just at this particular time, it's a fan base that is feeling really, really down right now. Read the Room, I guess, would be the best yeah. way to describe
1: Do you want to play that coming up next? Sure. Let, let's do that. Let's play some of the Eberflus comments coming up next and the latest on Claypool. That's how we'll lead Waddle's world off coming up next.
7: It's that time again Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling
0: salts. Oh, that's so right, John. Waddle's World brought to you by our fine friends and partners at Windtrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Windtrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Remember, FDIC. As we do on uh, Mondays after Bears games, we uh, we save the nonsense for later, and we continue to take your phone calls.
1: Right, and I want to play you the Iberflu stuff. Um... There are three parts, because he met the media after the game. He spoke to Cap'n Jay Hood today, and he met the media at Hallis, and he failed at all of them. And again, like, I don't need my coach to win press conferences. I think in the last 10 years, one of the most overstated terms is winning the press conference. Win football games, win, win sporting events. You don't have to win a press conference. But when you consistently lose football games and then you lose press conferences, um, it it just it, it's really, really bad. I don't understand this, first of all. And Chase Claypool is not going to be in the building all week. It's the I, I best think, decision they've made in a long time. I think he's done with the Bears, oh, right? Yeah, he's going to get cut or traded for like a minimum. Uh, I don't know
0: who's going to give you anything. Right.
1: Right. You talk about in not even a year, his stock going from the 32nd overall pick to maybe not even getting draft compensation, even a seventh
0: rounder for him. I don't know exactly what happened. I know you want to get this real quick, but I just feel like I'm I'm not speculating. I'm asking the question. I'm playing the just asking game. Was there something else that transpired between the time he, you know, Courtney reported and Courtney asked him the question in the locker room on Friday Throughout the course of the rest of Friday or Saturday that led to their decision to keep him not just away, not just in street clothes, but away from the game on Sunday and away from the facility going forward. I think that theory is, is, is a good
1: one because I don't think you, you, you don't let him at the game and don't let him in the building for just those comments. When guys were not like listening... Maybe he made those comments after the something happened
0: Yeah, I'm not at sure. Practice Another falling out with the coaches. What I'm saying is is I find it highly unusual that a player who is inactive is being told to stay home and then being told the following day to stay away from the building. Do you want to... Here's the cap of J-Hood. While we're That's, on this subject, this is... Uh, Eberflus today.
7: Uh, he is not going to be in the, the building uh, this particular week on this short week. I can give you that. Uh, here
1: here was the question with
7: that. Do you anticipate him being active Thursday? Uh, he is not going to be in the, the building uh, this particular week on this short week. I can give you that.
1: So that's basically the same thing. This was after he was very confused after the game yesterday when when he he said it was his choice. And then like PR had to then, Claypool's choice to stay away. Yeah, it was Claypool's choice. And then like PR had to step in and tell all the reporters no the Bears told Claypool to stay away. So I don't I don't know and then uh this is uh more with Iberflus from Cap and J Hood. Iberflus joins Cap and J Hood at least as long as he's employed till 8 uh, 30
7: uh, on 8 on Monday. Well, I'll just say this that you know going forward we're going to does it, and uh, you know Ryan makes all transactions and does all things of that nature and uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there
1: Do, and then there was there was much more following up today with the media I'll get to that in a moment this is the stuff that I just don't understand you just lost your 14th straight game you lost your ninth straight game at home it was it tied the greatest Choke job in Bears history. The Bears blew a 21-point lead in their loss to the Broncos, tied for the largest blown lead in franchise history, with a loss against the Patriots in 2002 and 1953. In every game of those 14 straight losses, the Bears have given up 25 points or more. That has never happened in NFL history. This is a
0: rolling record in NFL.
1: Right. So you add all of that together and, and bake that into the cake. And that's a crap cake, not a crab cake. That's a crap cake, and and it's the way you blew the lead. The way you continue to lose games. um, The way Claypool
0: situation. The Claypool
1: situation. It is just it's driving every fan crazy, and you would think it would drive the coach crazy. This is Matt Eberflus coming to the podium, and he offers the opening statement. Any other coach would stand up there and say, it's no way to lose a football game. I'm thoroughly disappointed. Uh, we got to execute better there on the fourth and short. Uh, we've got to protect the lead better. It's on me. I'm the defensive coordinator. We can't blow a 21-point lead. Um, we've got to be better at home, on our home field. Whatever you want. Choose. Even choose any cliché.
0: Something but, other but, than blue skies and sunshine. Right.
1: And this is what he chose to go with on the opening statement. Count. Let, let's play a game. In the two minute opening statement, how many times does he mention a disappointing factor from the loss? This is Matt Eberfluss' opening statement after all of that
8: in the loss against the Denver Broncos. I thought the guys uh, had passion, um, had energy. Um, You know, execution uh, was really good in spots, and I thought that was a big improvement. And uh, I thought the guys uh, did a heck of a job of battling. You know, uh, there was some adversity at the end of that game uh, where we had the fumble, you know, return for a touchdown, and the the response for that. I thought the guys did a really good job um, in in terms of responding uh, to adversity and putting ourselves in position to have a chance to win that game at the end. Um, And there's a lot of good moments in there. You know, you talk about, you know, Justin Fields' play. I mean, he uh, really got into the flow. Um, I thought that the plan was excellent. I thought the guys did a good job of executing that. And, uh, you know, he distributed the ball to the skill. Uh, I thought we did a nice job of running the football. I think that's going to be important for us going in the future uh, to be able to run the football like that. And, uh, you know, that's the the big moments of this game. You know, obviously we had a really good first half in terms of statistically offense and defense. Uh, really did a good good job there. And then into the second half, you know, obviously we had the one takeaway for a score. Uh, we responded there. And then we got the ball down there with uh, two uh, two and some change, 255 and some change. And we had fourth and half a yard. And you have a decision to make there. Um, I love the way our offense was running the ball at that time. And we had a really good chance to seal the deal right there. And that was the, the decision we made at that moment. Um, and, again, the response for our defense there. So they ended up getting a chunk play. Um, after that, and our defense did a good job of rising up uh, to the occasion, uh, making it third and long, and then we forced the field goal, and then we had, had the ball back there with some time uh, to go ahead and at least tie or uh, win the game. Uh, so that's where it was. But, again, a lot of good moments um, in, in the game. I'm, uh, super excited about those things uh, that we can build upon. It's a short week coming up, um, so the guys have to, have to move their eyes forward, and uh, we'll make the corrections. Uh, but obviously we're, we're all very disappointed, um, in this, uh, you know, hard fought battle that we had today, um, uh, in the outcome. Uh, but I certainly can see things moving in the right direction, um, for, our, for our football team. And, uh, again, there's a lot of good things out there that we can build upon. All
1: right. It, it took two minutes to of- hear the D word, the disappointment. This, uh, first of all, I want to apologize to our audience for making you have to live through that again, if, or for the first time, if that was the first time that you had to listen through it. This is not eight-year-old Pee Wee football. This is the National Football League. Him coming to the podium and, and, and playing grab ass and telling everyone that they did a fantastic job after they had just lost their 14th straight game to fall to 0-4 while blowing a 21-point lead to one of the worst football teams in the National Football League is absolutely ridiculous. It's a pure embarrassment to the Charger franchise or any franchise in the NFL. I don't know how the Bears managed to do it, but they keep finding worse coaches from the last guy that they hired.
0: I don't know how this plays well. I, I couldn't play well in the locker room as a player. Like the last thing you want to do is have your coach stand in front of the media and make excuses. By the way, you you, you know you mentioned it. They had a twenty-eight to seven lead. They gave up a franchise. This was a a, a franchise tying worst to give up a twenty-one point lead. We had a fourth quarter filled with mistakes on both sides of the football. As good as the first three quarters were, at least on the offensive end, they got outscored 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter. So my focus would not have been on the first three quarters. My focus would have been on the final quarter of football where we got outscored 17 to nothing. And as good as things may have looked in the first 45 minutes, what happened in the last 15 minutes can't happen. Period, end of story. So all of this good stuff that was going is is all for naught because
1: you couldn't close the deal. How could you in your right mind stand up there and say any of that as what? the opening statement? The opening statement as a professional football
0: coach. There are 32 of these. I don't know what's being said again to the team behind closed doors, but my guess is it's comparable. Like, for whatever reason, he wants to accentuate the positive. And I find it hard to believe that there's a whole lot of positive that you can accentuate in the first four games. Don't don't get me wrong. Like, as I said earlier, I'm not dismissing the way the offense and the quarterback played for the first three quarters. And that's something, as you said, we should all hope is built upon when they face the commanders on Thursday night. But right now you also have to discuss the final 15 minutes where they turned it over twice, once for a score, they committed four penalties and there were a number of mental mistakes by players and questionable decisions right. made by the coaching Not good staff. Just so say- the last 15 minutes to me supersedes the first 30, 45 minutes. I'm not saying you don't have to
1: not be yourself or you don't have to turn into Ditka, but, and you don't have to flip stuff over, but just just You'd stand like up to know, there. You? Yeah, like of to course, see it. but you, you, don't, in. you don't have to stand up there and, and, and put on a, a two-minute and 15-second suck fest saying, we all did great. That's ridiculous. Listen to Mike Tomlin. This is Mike Tomlin. Yesterday, after the embarrassment to the Houston Texans,
7: hell yeah, we got to make some changes, man. Uh, that was that was that was an ugly product we put out there today, and so uh, we're not going to do the same things and and hope for a different outcome. What those changes are, man, we'll put together a plan uh, in preparation this week.
1: That's Tomlin. Here's Matt Lafleur after Thursday's game when the Packers. Lost and got embarrassed at home to the Detroit
0: Lions. What do you think happens when you have a for the cause of first half like that? Where you just you couldn't get them? I mean, you saw it, Pete. I mean, we got our a- kicked. If I knew, it wouldn't have happened.
1: Like, those, those sound like losing coaches.
0: What does our guy sound like? Well, let me ask you a question as well. If, in fact, your coach sounds the way that Matt Eberflus sounds, do you believe when you walk into the locker room, that you're going to be held accountable for the mistakes no. that you've made? Well, maybe that's why Chase
1: Claypool's doing Chase Claypool stuff. Well,
0: like I'm saying, like if you walk into Mike Tomlin's locker room after you have made mistakes or didn't do what you were supposed to do, do you think you're going to be held accountable? Just based on hearing what you... Yes, Mike, Mike Tomlin tells the media that changes are going to be made. I bet you he's harder on his team than he is he's, in terms of how he talks to the media. If you're a Bears player, you probably fear no accountability or retribution you, when you hear your coach speak i want to
1: play you what eber it did get it did get very interesting this afternoon with eber floos up at Hallis on claypool the 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 beat guys really came together the courtney was up there weederer jason leisure they all worked together like not consciously but they all built on each other's question about like why well why is why is claypool away No, what's going on here? Something's going on that you're not telling us. So Iberflus tried. He's drowning right now. Uh, We'll play you some of the uncomfortable sound from up at house. You won't want to miss it. I'll play you that coming up next as we will be uninterrupted for about the next 35 minutes. If you want to react, 312-332-3776.
3: Listen to us now live on the ESPN Chicago app.
1: Listen to the show in HD at one hundred point three HD two FM. Listen now on ESPN one thousand. This
3: is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.
8: Is he not here. Today? Um, he was not here. Did you guys tell him to stay home. No, he chose to stay. Home. No, he he chose. What are you asking? At the stadium today, like the other inactive players. I'm not sure. So it's his choice. We, 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 are, we told him that it was a choice, and he's, he's at home right now.
2: Chase Claypool was inactive for this game on Sunday, and he said on Friday something along the lines of he feels like he could be utilized better in the offense. What does that say for the culture? You come on here every week, and we talk about culture and how it's important for everyone to stay together. Does, does he seem like a culture fit to you based on his comments he had on Friday?
7: Yeah, I would just say this. I want to, you know, just correct the record on that. You know, at the podium uh, last uh, yesterday, you know, obviously after an emotional game, you know, I was not clear on what, on what what transpired there. So, you know, we did, uh, you know, ask Chase uh, to stay home uh, during that time. We thought it was the best interest of the team, and uh, you know, we always based our inactives based on meetings, based on practice, based on walkthroughs during the course of the week, and we made him inactive uh, for that point. But again, uh, I did. We did tell him to stay home from the game, and uh, we thought it was the best interest of our football team. We never got
1: the reason why, though. Uh, he try, He was pressed on that today. I'll play that in a minute. It's so uncomfortable. It reminded me of the old school who's on first. Is that Abedin Costello who did that? I believe so, yes. The who's on first? What's on second? I don't, is it I Don't Know's on third? Play, can you play I'm me? I'm not sure. Can you play the the first part of that exchange again, Mellor from yesterday?
8: No, he What are you asking?
1: <laughs> I feel like I, I do feel bad, but I don't
0: because I feel bad for us, right? I, I feel bad for all of us. Nobody's no, nobody wins. Nobody's winning. Literally, we're figuratively here.
2: That's the response I, you give your parents when you're out too late and they ask where you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure.
0: Sure. Well, uh, Phil, we went to Phil's house, but then um, we had to leave there because they had a, a flood in the basement. What's the question? What, you asking? Uh, what
6: was that? No, why why you,
0: didn't I get home on time? What are you asking? What
1: well, was the first time like a few weeks ago when he answered in a press conference? I'm not sure. Wasn't it a play call? And that was really the first time when I'm like, oh, crap, I think we've got this thing wrong.
8: I'm not sure. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, he was not here. Did you guys tell him to stay home? No. He chose to stay home. No. He he chose what are you asking? Why is he not at the stadium today, like the other inactive players? I'm not sure. So it's his choice. We, we we are we told him that it was a choice and he's he's at home right now. <laughs> Listen, you got enough you got enough to worry about right
0: now. You got enough on your plate. Like the last thing you need is Chase Claypool to worry about that. Like they need to move on from that situation as soon as possible. Admit your mistake and move on. And take Ooh, this off uh, your coach's about, about plate. Eber, take this off your coach's plate. Are you talking plate. about Claypool or Eberflus? Talking about Claypool. I'm not sure. <laughs> the message is already blurry enough. Oh my! God. I, I can't believe it. I, it was just. This yeah, is what I said to yesterday. You.
1: We are off on a new search with soup, with Tanisha, and with George, and with Ted. Napoleon. who else was in that committee and we a, were off and we were running and we were interviewing up coaches before we were interviewing <laughs> general
0: managers, picking people up what, at the airport well, what
1: could go wrong what could go wrong george was waiting at the airport playing uber driver
0: i'm not sure <laughs> if you nope. don't laugh you'll cry so, what are you asking you two choices laugh or cry
1: or become apathetic. Well, let's interview Eberflus first. Wait, we don't have a general manager. Ah, let's just interview Eberflus. There's a big rush to hire him. And by we, we the gotta way, him are... in, we got to get him in the building first. What, what? We can't wait to hire a general manager if we don't move quickly on Eberflus. Gonna we're we're going to lose out.
0: <laughs> If Charisma With Charisma like, with how many charisma many like that, how 14, could you. Yeah. 14 straight. How, yeah. With Charisma like that, how could you even question why he would have been the choice? Well, like, really- listen, they've lost 14 games in a row, and he spent the better part of three minutes trying to put a bow tie on a cow pie. Like, you wanted to continually talk to me about the good stuff that you saw in the first three quarters. The final 15 minutes, they got outscored 17 to nothing. Yeah, I know. Do you want to hear Connie Kowal?
1: Long-time sports executive in these parts worked for the Cubs for many many years. One of the great guys there is. Um, he he charted the the two and a half minute opening statement from Matt Eberflus. I asked you, I go count how many times he says disappointment or any words that, that is a Was synonym. hard to count? The, the synonym for disappointment. So he, here's what he got. He heard one disappointment. One excellent, ten goods, ten times in that opening statement he said good, and two nice things. We did some nice things. So one excellent, ten good, two nice things, one disappointment. They blew a 21-point lead to lose
0: for the 14th straight time. And it's the largest blown lead or tied for the largest blown lead in in franchise history. Yeah. What are you asking me? I'm not sure. <laughs> Just imagine if they had won a game.
1: I couldn't believe what I was listening to. That he spun himself up, to all sorts of knots. Modern day rock bottom. What was modern, the, modern day rock bottom? Uh, I, I'm looking past Waddle because he will never remember. Wasn't there a play early in the season? Was it the Packer game when he went on Cap and Jay Hood, or in a press conference when they asked him about what they were running? And he said, "I don't remember, or I don't know." And that's it was it was this year, and that's where I said to myself, "This is probably going to be bad."
0: Well, you are right. I am thinking about it. I
1: coordinator as well. We have no DC here in town. Yeah, there is no 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 DC. He's the DC. All right, to you want to hear the Here's the chunk.
0: I want to go home. You know, let's do a legal so real quick so be before we get It's
1: WMVP that. AM Chicago, ESPN 1000 and WSHE HD2 Chicago. So way you can listen, you could also listen on um the ESPN Chicago app. Download that thing. You can listen to all of our Bears coverage on the Game Day Live tab. Anybody have the standard Monday headache? I do too. Do I, have, guys, I have a
0: Monday headache. I've headaches last Monday after I've, talking about what they did in Kansas City. I
1: avoided it last week. Today I've got it. Today I've got it. I've got the bear's
2: headache. Forget Bear Claw Monday. It's going to become Tylenol. Ibuprofen Mondays. Yeah.
1: It's Tylenol Mondays. You could watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. You can also watch us on YouTube Live. Motrin Mondays. That's good. Motion Mondays.
0: <laughs> Why don't we get a sponsorship going? We should.